This is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's Holy Word today provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family. And may the Lord bless you. Tonight at 7 p.m. will be our first service. The Promise Center is having a service at the Sonoma County Jail. Come on, that's exciting. Now I'm going to tell you why that's cool because... We are the first church in a long time that they've allowed to come in and actually have a service. Eight years ago, we started doing Bible studies. People go in every week, and then uh, they started letting us have group Bible studies. And last year, they said, this is too good. God's given us favor. And they said, we need you guys to come in and do a service. So we're going to have music. We're going to have time for an altar call. People will be ministered to. Come on. That's exciting. Some people say, well, those are, those are the down and outers. I say those are the up and comers. Amen. Those are the up and comers. I'm excited about what God is doing. It's a new year. It's a new you. Uh, great things are in store. And how many here made New Year's resolutions? You made at least one. You made a New Year's resolution. We got a few hands, about maybe less than half. How many here have already, you've already uh, ruined it? You've already messed up. You have, you, you, you drank the Red Bull. Has anybody, you, 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 oh, wow, this is good, this is good, we have one, okay, we have one, not to point you out on there in the front row, but we have one, all right, I, I understand, I grew up, I grew up in a church, it was kind of fun, every year was like a new theme, did anybody have that, Were, did, was that a deal at your churches, we had a couple people, so like 2009, it's gonna be mine, right, 2010, we're going for the win, 2011, we're bringing down heaven, Nobody, that was just us, 2012, pulling them out of hell, well, that was, it was always something like that, 2013, we're going to get cleaned, 2014, going to get lean, 2015, no more Krispy Kreme, come on, so nobody did that, okay, all right, so uh, we don't have any themes here, but we do, we do have some people that are really excited that 2016 is over. That, that it's goodbye, and we're wiping the dust off of our feet, and we're moving on. In fact, this is some of you here probably feel like this person in this video. We can watch a video. This is how some of you feel about 2016 right here in this video. You got this, sister. You were super, super close. Right in the kisser. Show that night who's boss. Oh, oh God. Are you okay? I can't feel my face. Uh, I have the worst headache ever. I don't doubt it. Okay, so what do we do now? You have to finish. What? There's no out. I can't even see straight. They don't call it the Amazing Race for nothing. You have to finish. You just have to finish 2016. And some of you finished 2016. You did great. I'm going to help some people right now. This is just a, this is, this is free. This is just from my heart to yours. 2017 needs to be the year where we no longer use all caps in texting. There's some of you that have been using all caps and texting just to say hello. All caps are just for emergencies. So stop using all caps. Okay, number two, 2017, no more Birkenstocks and no more of those shoes. What are they called? The ones with the gator shoes, the Crocs, no more Crocs. Okay, no more Crocs with tuxedo suits. 
That doesn't work. In your yard, it's okay. The next thing is MySpace. Everyone say MySpace. Here to come tell somebody in 2017, MySpace is obsolete. It's not coming back. There's no rebound, no more, no more MySpace. And then beepers and pagers. If you have a beeper or a pager, okay, no more beepers and pagers in 2017. And then the other thing, this is an important one because I saw one the other day, was Elvis impersonators. Cool in the 80s, kind of cool in the early 90s, but no longer cool, all right? My kids got really weirded out by seeing the Elvis impersonator. So just in case you were thinking about doing that, all right? So we are talking about the new year, a new you, and we're excited about some of the challenges, some of the new things that God's doing, and then also our new building. We're so pumped because like we're, we're kind of coming to a close with retrofitting, which is really exciting, and then some of the new beams come in, and then the floors are going out and going down, and, and uh, so we're, we're, we're moving forward. We thank you for your patience, and thank you for sowing into the vision of the Promise Center and to the future. It's really exciting, and I just want to remind you that we are a church that exists to reach those who are far from God. That's why we exist, because there's people out there that God right now is dealing with their heart. He's drawing them. He's calling them. When they come into this house, this irresistible environment, when they feel the presence of God, they're going to be changed by the love that they feel from you, by the spirit of worship that's in this place, and by the word of God that's relevant and that's true and that's gospel-centered. Amen? We want people to be changed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But our challenge this year is this, is, is that there's a lot of great... Uh, resolutions that you can make and there's a lot of great challenges even for yourself that you can make but we feel like the most important resolution that you can make is a spiritual resolution because we know that everything boils down to the roots everything comes back to the roots if the roots are good the fruit is good and if we can grow spiritually we can grow in every area of our life we can find freedom in every area of our life the gospel resolves the issues in every area of our life if we can grow spiritually in fact I'll make you this promise that if you will make 2017 the best year of your life spiritually, it will be the best year of your life. If you will make it the best year of your life spiritually, it will be the best year of your life. You will love this year because you have said, first and foremost, I want to grow spiritually. I want my roots to go down. I want God's word. I want to feel his presence. I want to hear his voice. I want to walk with the Lord like I've never walked before. I believe there's people in this room, maybe you don't know the Lord. You can, before you leave the service, know the Lord. Maybe you're here and you've been on the sidelines a long time. And God's saying, get in the game. It's, it, you've been on the sidelines. You've been a water boy too long. It's time to put your helmet on and get in the game because there's much to be done in this city. Come on, somebody. Am I talking to the church of the living God? This is our time. This is our season. And I really believe that just like when Jesus, he, he washed the disciples' feet, I, I believe that part of what that meant was, look, guys, there's some places you've been and some things you've experienced, but I'm, I'm, you're going to leave that behind. We're going to get all the dust that you collected, all the, some of the baggage, some of the mistakes. We're going to wash that away, and we're going to start this new advent, this post-Calvary experience. We're going we're gonna to start that anew and afresh, and we've got to walk into this new year with a new expectation, some new faith, some, our heart open to being obedient to the Spirit. I want the Spirit to speak to me. I, wanna, I, I don't want the, the Spirit to, to have to scream. I, just the whisper of the Spirit. I can hear what God's saying. I can follow His voice. 
I believe this is your year for a breakout year. This is your year to see great and mighty exploits. This is your year to walk victorious in Christ. Maybe those things, those hangups, those habits that you've been facing, you can find freedom. And the freedom that you're looking for is in Christ Jesus. When we start with the spiritual work, it manifests in all the other parts of our life. Can we give the Lord a big hand clap for that if you believe it? All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 11 and 22. 1 Chronicles chapter 11 and 22. And today, I want to challenge you. This is a challenge message. Um, a little preachy, if that's okay. That's why I have the handheld, so I can look like a preacher while I preach. And uh, I, I want to challenge you, because what doesn't challenge you won't change you. And I, I just, I really believe that this year, is some, that God is going to do something special, not just in this church, but in churches all across Sonoma County. I believe something big is going to happen, and I really believe that a revival is about to come, not just to this county, but to the land. There's something stirring, and I want to be keenly aware of what God is doing. I don't want to be oblivious to it. Again, I'm not trying to make, uh, you know, make big promises and say, you know, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. I'm just saying God is moving on hearts like never before. And as the, as the world gets darker, the light is shining brighter. And this is the best opportunity, like Esther, to stand, stand before the king and stand for what is right. Amen? Amen. All right, here we go. First Chronicles chapter 11 and 22. We're going to read about a guy by the name of Benaiah. And uh, Benaiah became, eventually he becomes uh, the bodyguard of King David and then ultimately becomes the general of Israel. Um, but we get a little bit of uh, his background and uh, his, 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 his work that he did before he became one of David's mighty men. It says this, Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was a valiant man of Kabzeel, a doer of great deeds. He struck down two heroes of Moab. He also went down and struck down a lion in a pit on a day when the snow had fallen. He went down to a pit where there was a lion and there was snow, and he struck that lion down. And I just want to just for the next few minutes talk to you about being a lion chaser, just being a lion chaser, really dealing with things that God has giving, given us the opportunity to deal with. Can we just bow our heads for a moment and ask the Lord to speak to our hearts? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this opportunity to be here. Those who uh, are here and those who are trying to get here but couldn't get here because of the weather, bless us indeed. Enlarge our coast. Let your hand be with us in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. This is just an interesting story because there's this warrior man, Benaiah, and if you were to picture a man like this, he's tough, he's strong, he fights giants, he fights lions. It's kind of something like you would see me cut, rip, strong, Brave, okay, maybe not so much, but 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 this guy is like the real deal. He's courageous, he's fearless. And what's cool about this story is this is this man could have easily, Benaiah could have easily passed up the pit and said, Oh, the lion's in the pit, no big deal. But here's what Benaiah knew. Benaiah knew that the snow would melt, the opportunity would be gone, and that lion could get out of that pit again and start going through towns and taking children and ransacking and and, and Causing all kinds of problems. But, but this, this lion chaser, this Benaiah, said, I'm going to get in the pit and I'm going to deal with the issue. There's a certain gumption that this man has that I believe that the church ought to have. A certain kind of passion, a certain kind of Elisha spirit that says, that's what I want 
And that's what I'm going for. I'm going home and I'm burning the plows and I'm killing the oxen. I'm, I'm divesting out of this old investment and I'm going forward to follow my call, my heart, the presence of God, the anointing. It's the same spirit of the circle maker, circle maker Hanai or Honai, the circle maker, who said, we need rain, and no one please pray that right now, but he prayed for rain because there was a drought for several years in Israel, and so he put a circle in the ground, and he said, I'm not leaving until God brings the rain, and so he prayed and prayed until the rain came, and when the rain came, it was too much rain, kind of like today, and he said, no, God, not this kind of rain. I need a perfect rain, and the rain shifted, and something shifted, and all of a sudden, the next, like, 100 years had this perfect rain in history. You could go back in Israel's history and look that it rained. This man's prayer, he circled the prayer, he circled the promise, and he said, this is what I'm going after. I believe the church ought to have that kind of tenacity. We know what we want. We're hungry for God's presence. We're hungry for victory. He's promised us victory. He's promised you victory. He's promised this church victory. He's promised us that we can walk in the spirit and make a difference. He's promised us that the church that he sees, the church that heaven sees, there's liberty and there's grace and there's power and there's presence and there's love. There's a place where people can come and be changed and transformed not just rituals not just going through the motions but people are hungry for the presence of God is there anybody here who's just hungry for more I'm hungry for more of God's presence I don't want church as usual this is the kind of tenacity that this man had who jumps in a pit and says we're not going to have business as usual we're going to make a difference you can make a difference God's going to make a difference because you got gumption, you got passion. You know, one of the big lies, I'm reading an interesting book called Procrastinate on Purpose, and it's, it's talking about time management, kind of flipping time management up on its, up on its head. It's, it's just an amazing book. I highly recommend it. But in this book, it talks about how much time is wasted, how much time we all waste, that we, the average person spends about an hour a day looking for stuff. That just by knowing where stuff is, you'll save an hour a day. Come on, somebody. That's a good word right there. That just blessed you, okay? That just helped you for the 2017. But he says this. He says that the average person who's over 65 years old watches about 48 hours of television a week. And it's, it's not necessarily their fault. It, here, here's, here's the lie that was sold. Here's the lie. That, if the, that, that the goal of life is to find leisure and do nothing. Work is bad, and leisure is good. And you can only sip virgin pina coladas for so long before you feel unfulfilled. Come on, somebody. I said virgin pina coladas until you don't feel fulfilled anymore. But work, work is not the enemy. Fruitlessness is the enemy. God has called us to be fruitful. And when you know who you are and you know your place and you're walking in it, when God created Adam, you know what he said? Work the garden. Be fruitful. Be multiply. That wasn't a curse. That was a blessing. You know what the curse was? He had to work the, after sin, he had to work the earth 
but it brought nothing back. He worked it, and it brought thorns back. He toiled, he had a sweat, and he could barely produce. A curse is working and producing nothing. And so many people are working. You're busy, but you're really producing nothing. Aren't you tired of it? Aren't you ready to produce some fruit in your life, fruit that matters, finding fulfillment in the kingdom of God, doing things that last and are eternal, that make an eternal difference. I'm talking to somebody here today. I'm trying to rattle your cage and say, it's time to step up, step out, and trust God. And maybe 2016 was tough. And maybe it was a, a setback. And so you got to step back and get ready for a comeback because this 2017 is a year that God is destined for you to step into your purpose. This is our heart. This is our heart for 2017. That's why we have growth track going on right now through that wall. In fact, someone go and just knock on that wall. Not really, Merle. Don't do that. <laughs> but right now, we've got, we've got a dozen, two dozen people in there going through growth track. We substituted starting point, a, a great luncheon, learn about the church. We said, you know what? Learning about the church is great, but we want people to learn about God and learn about the purpose that God has shaped them in. Discover their shape, discover their purpose, discover why they're here. Best day of your life, the day you're born. Second best day, the day you discover why you are here. When you discover your purpose, you find fulfillment and you're fruitful. There's nothing like it. And so many people, you're frustrated and you're thinking, man, a resolution will be good if I can just do this, clean the garage. Clean the garage, your wife will love you. Hallelujah, amen. But, but really, finding spiritual purpose, walking in it. Jumping in that pit and making a difference. I think it's time for the church to be bolder than it's ever been. I'm not talking about weird. I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about crazy. I'm not talking about in your face and mean. I'm talking about boldness with our faith. Boldness with our love. Boldness with our generosity. Boldness with our confession. I believe God can heal you. We've seen so many miracles this last year. We've seen people come into this house, but more miracles outside of this building. People just on the streets, people just at, at work and just saying, I'll pray with you. And God doing miracles one after another. It's amazing. God is so eager to do something great. One of my favorite stories is in 2 Kings chapter 18. Hezekiah, one of the best kings of Israel. And the Bible says that the Assyrian chief comes down to Hezekiah and there's this big brouhaha brewing uh, between Egypt and the Assyrians and, and, and uh, uh, Samaria and, and Israel. And it's just, it's brewing, it's brewing. And the Assyrian chief says this, he says, look, if you have 2,000 horsemen, we have 2,000 horses for you. Do you have men who will ride? That's the question. Do you have men who will ride? Because if they will ride, we have the resources to back it up. And the question is this today. Are you willing to ride? Are you willing to go forward? Are you willing to go all in for God? Are you willing to pour your heart into the kingdom of God? Because when you make that decision... There's a resource. There's a horse waiting for you. There's a resource that you didn't have to take. You didn't have to worry about. God will supply the need if you'll step up and step out and trust him. I'm going to tell you, this is your breakout year. This is the year where you become a lion chaser. Chase that lion. Settle that score. Deal with that thing. It's been, it's been looking at you in the face. It's been mocking you. It's been that Achilles heel. It's been that issue. It's been that little thing that you run to. It's been that little thing that you kind of let loose. And you're fine. You think you're fine because it's in a pit, but that snow is going to melt. There's a season when you have to address it. There's a season when you have to address a lackadaisical spirit, a religious spirit, a lack of hunger for the things of God's spirit. 
Sometimes you have to shake yourself and go, wow, I have been going through the motions. How many here will just confess you, you at some point in life, you, you recognize, I, I had that moment. A couple years ago, I went, man, I'm going through the motions. I got to get back on my knees. I got to get back and, and draw close to God. Anybody here ever been there before? You just, you, you catch yourself going through the motions like, whoa, I, I'm programming now. I, I, I'm, I'm walking and I know when to walk, I know what to say, I know when to say it, I know what to do, I know what it's supposed to look like and sound like. But I believe God's calling this church to something big. Something big that's not, I'm not talking about something big that, that's on the news. I'm talking about something big that changes the one. Something big that matters, that changes lives. People who are broken and lost and hurt can find the balm of Gilead, a place where people can really, really, really find Find God and, 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 and see a difference made in their life. Find freedom. You know, one of the cool things about a church is this, is that some of you here, you found freedom in certain areas. But what you've lacked to do is to share that freedom with others. That's what groups are all about. You know, the, when you're on an airplane, I, I flew home um, on January 3rd. Uh, no, excuse me, January 2nd, Monday, January 2nd. I was going to be here on last Sunday. I apologize I couldn't be. My sister had a, her baby, uh, I'm just kidding. That was a joke. Can you believe you had a baby and ruined my plans? But she had her baby early, and so we stayed for the birth, and then I couldn't get on. I fly stand. My mother worked for Continental United for many years, and so we get to fly for free, kind of cool, And but we fly standby. So if all the flights are booked, then we can't get on. So we couldn't get on until Monday morning. Long story short is, what was I saying? There was something. I can't remember what I was talking about. Oh, there it is, planes. I knew. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. So we're on the plane, and man, it was so turbulent. It was one of those moments where you're like, you're checking yourself because you're about to wreck yourself. It was like, like this, right? And I remember what the lady said. She said, she said, it was on the little screen. It said, you put your mask on first, and once you put your mask on, you put someone else's on. Well, I've heard that, but re like three weeks ago, someone sent me the why behind the what, which was, like, you have about eight or nine seconds. If cabin pressure's gone, before all the oxygen's gone, it's very, very light, and you start going, like, silly and goofy because there's not enough oxygen. You have, you have, like, seconds to get your mask on, and you can only help someone else when you have your mask on. You can only be a blessing once you have your mask on. And there's some of you here, one, who need to put your mask on so you can be a blessing to somebody else. But number two, there's some of you who have your mask on and you're just allowing others to not get their mask on. Maybe you have conquered an area. Maybe you went down into that pit with the lion and you, you conquered an area of finances. Found freedom in finances. Help somebody else find freedom through the gospel in their finances. Maybe in marriage. That's what the body of Christ is all about. I'm sharing my freedom with others. I'm not just fighting for myself. I'm putting my mask on, and then I'm turning. I want to help others get their mask on. Amen. There's no passiveness in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent takes it by force. It's intentional. It's something you have to press in. And anything worth receiving in the kingdom, has a price. Everybody say it has a price. Salvation does not have a price. The blood of Jesus has a price, but Jesus paid it. The goodness and the favor of the Lord. We're not fighting for favor. We're fighting from favor. We're not fighting for his love. We're fighting from his love. We already have it. While we were sinners, Christ loved us and died for us. So that's not why we fast. That's not why we pray. That's not why we press. 
but we're pressing for the high call. We're pressing for something rich, something greater, something deeper. We're going, we're digging deep because we believe there's a well that's going to spring up and something's going to happen in Sonoma County where people start running to God. Hearts are open. Lives are changed. The spirit of this world that blinds the minds will be pulled back and all of a sudden the light of the glorious gospel that shines to the face of Jesus will shine in people's hearts and they'll call upon God and be forever, ever Changed. God has put this open door before us. I feel that open door. He's calling us to walk through it, to believe together, to lock arms and say nothing is impossible with our God. 21 days of fasting. Again, on Wednesday, I, I taught on fasting. You're welcome to, to please listen to it, actually. I'd love for you to listen to it and kind of get the spirit behind what this fast is about. It's not about losing weight. It's not about looking good, getting back in that size 2, size 4, size 36, size 32. Come on, gentlemen. Hallelujah, man. It, that's not what it's about. It, it is about, he, Jesus said, this kind doesn't come but by prayer and fasting. It requires a sacrifice. If you want Pentecost, if you want the power, if you want the outpouring, if you want the fire, you have to first go through the cross. The cross makes the difference. I'm going to read a scripture very quickly. Luke chapter 9 and 23. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Can I just tell you that if you want to see the blessings of God, if you want to see things that you've never seen before, it's going to require a cross. If you're going to follow Jesus past this point, there's a level of sacrifice. Now, you and I don't get to choose our suffering, but we do get to choose our sacrifice. There are things that are the things that God knows, Deuteronomy 29, 29, the things that belong to God, the things that are His, the things that we don't understand. There's a level of suffering, great or small, in this earth that you and I have no control over. But we do get to choose our sacrifice. And He says here, let Him take up His cross. You get to choose the cross. You get to choose the weight. You get to choose the burden. What kind of burden do you want to carry? What kind of cross do you want to pick up? The real question is, what kind of revival do you want to see? What kind of outpouring do you want to see? What kind of breakthrough do you want to see? This doesn't come but by prayer and by fasting. There's a place in the kingdom where God calls us to that mountain. We have to climb. We have to carry. We have to press. And again, I'm not trying to just beat, uh, you know, just beat it and just say it over and over again just to say it. I'm really trying to impress us that as a church, as a body, there's a place that God's trying to take us where God takes over services, pours out his spirit. Amen brings healing and deliverance in people's lives. That's what the church is about. People being trained and finding ministry. People finding their place, enjoying and finding fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And so I want to challenge you today that you have to pick your cross. Now I have a cross here. It's a little necklace. It's a real small dainty one. It's not like Mr. T's. Mr. T's is really big. I pity the fool. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Little cross. Now, this cross is it, it, it's nice, and again, metaphorically speaking, this is a, a, a cross that, you know, it's easy to carry around. It's easy to put in your pocket. It's easy to hide away when it, you need to hide it away. Um, doesn't make much of a difference. It's kind of there, but, um, you know, you, do, you don't know it's there right now. Most people won't know that it's there. If I need it, I can pull the cross out, but... A lot of people have picked that kind of cross, just the cross that so silent, so small, so light, makes no difference at all. They've chosen that kind of cross. 
I've chosen that kind of cross. Then there's another kind of cross. Um, it's a little bit bigger. It's a makeshift cross. Um, it's got a screw right in the middle here. Uh, but this one, it's a little more awkward. Like you carry, carry this around and, and uh, you can't really hide it. But it's not cumbersome. But it, people know like, like you got a cross. You're, you're a Christian and uh, you're different. And, and uh, you, you, you got to do something with it. And it's a little awkward to take certain places. I get that. But it's not a burden. It's not heavy. It's just something that you, you can put in your backpack probably, but it's gonna, part of it will stick out. It's a, it's a cross, but it, it doesn't have the burden that some crosses have. And then there's, then there's a cross. And this, is, uh, this guy's name is Little Man. As you can see, he's not very little. And this one, this cross right here is, this thing right here changes the way you walk. This one feels heavy, doesn't it? This one changes your disposition. This one doesn't allow you to go to certain places and feel comfortable. There's something about a cross that you choose when I think of a woman by the name of Nona Freeman, a missionary who went to Africa, there were no Christians in this nation. And she went and she carried a cross. All of her kids got sick. One of them died. She carried a burden for a nation so revival could break out. That was a cross. That was something that makes you different. Makes you stand out. It feels different. Because you get to choose your cross. But your cross, the sacrifice you choose, determines your destiny. Jump into that pit. Jump into revival. Jump into prayer. Jump into Bible reading. Jump into asking God, speak to my heart. Choose your cross wisely. Because when you choose your sacrifice, you choose your fruitfulness. You choose your future. You choose what kind of Christianity you want. Sideline, easygoing, hands in your pocket Christianity or the kind, it's a burden, it's a, it's a trial in one hand and it's a sword in another hand and it's a burden and it, it wakes you up in the middle of the night and it agonizes you that, that people are lost and that there's a real eternity and that there's a, an eternity that's Christless and a Christless eternity is even more hell than a Christless life here on earth. So what kind of cross this year will we pick up? What kind of burden will you carry? Because when it's all said and done, when you choose your sacrifice, you choose the kind of blessing, the kind of flow, the kind of outpouring, the kind of fruitfulness that God wants to pour into your life. Thank you. I want to challenge this church. I love this church. This is a special, special place. But this, this next year, this year that we've just entered in, we're going to chase the lion. We're going to fight for the presence of God. We're going to contend for the faith. We're going to fight to preserve the love of God, the passion that's in this place. And we're going to dig deeper because God 
he's got some things he wants to pour out in your life. Amen? There's some, there's some new things that God's going to do, but you can't get it. You can't get it without a cross. It won't happen. You can't get it without a sacrifice. You can't get it without putting that burden. The Ark of the Covenant, it was never designed to rest on a cart or rest on an animal. It was designed to rest on people. That people were to carry the burden of the presence of God. Someone's got to carry it. And great churches are built on people who carry the burden of God's presence and His Word and His passion. I want to ask you today, will you carry it? Will you pick up the cross that makes the difference? It may be inconvenience. It may have a burden. It may hurt. It may be awkward. It may change your disposition. But I can tell you, it'll bring the fire. It'll bring the power. He said, I'm going home. I'm going to kill those oxen. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, burn. I'm going to burn the wagons. I'm burning everything because there's an anointing that's touched me. There was an anointing. Elisha said, he said, when he felt that mantle, he felt the weight and the glory of the mantle, that double portion. Would you stand with me?